Hello and welcome to Hosanna. I'm Pastor Jen Alexander and please hear me say, we believe the Lord led you here to help you grow in faith and look a little more like Jesus. After today's message, we encourage you to download the Hosanna app for more opportunities to connect and grow. Here's today's message. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning. I'm Ryan, this is Jen. We're gonna be giving the message together. We're really excited to do that because there are, well, lots of reasons, but you can just feel God moving in this place. Mm -hmm. Anyone else have trouble getting out of bed knowing it was six degrees outside, Mm -hmm. anybody? Mm. But are you glad you did? Yes. Yeah, so (laughs) glad. Already, God is is on the move, and you can just feel it and see it. And uh, I also just am so inspired by uh, what's happening through Abraham and his ministry uh, there's an example of what happens when, when one man or woman decides to take Jesus' call to be a disciple maker seriously mm-hmm. and commits his life to investing in people who invest in people who invest in people who invest in people. Yeah. And uh, we want to be a part of that. We are a part of that at Hosanna, but also through our partnership with Abraham. And one of the ways that we're going to be partnering with him in the coming weeks and month is we're going to include Abraham and his ministry in our Easter offering our RISE offering, where everything that comes in starting April 2nd uh, for the next week or so uh, will go locally, globally to help people rise physically and spiritually. Hmm. And so I want to encourage you to uh, just pray about how you can be a part of that. And we had a, a word spoken in our prayer chapel this morning, our prayer room this morning, uh, that, that a spirit, an anointing of generosity is going to be released. Yeah. And may it be so mm-hmm. for that offering and beyond. I just want to thank you, too, for your continued faithful giving through your tithes and offerings, and um, also thank you for trusting Hosanna to steward those resources well. We don't take that lightly. In in fact, uh, we're offering, as we do twice a year, a virtual uh, uh, financial review, our mid-year financial review. It'll be on Monday. Uh, You can come and hear about um, where your giving is going and how things are going so far in this budget year. And just briefly want to say uh, that our giving remains strong month to month, but due to economic conditions, our year-end giving this past year was not as strong as it was the year before, uh, which has created a a manageable budget gap, uh, which I believe God wants to fill. So Mm -hmm. if you're feeling like God's calling you to be a part of that, Mm -hmm. uh, reach out to me or someone on staff, or just give. Um, and there are lots of ways to give, including to text Hosanna Give to 94000, because I believe God's, God wants to do everything that he put before us uh, this year. So bless you yeah. as you participate in that. Yeah, it's a good word. It's a good word. Provision for the vision. So may it be so. Well, good morning, everybody. And let me just invite you to get out your Bibles, if you brought it with you, or if you have it on your phone. We are going to be in John chapter 10 today. And as you're getting there, we realize, we know that there are always new people among us. We, we love that and welcome. And so allow us just to invite you into the journey that we are inside of as a church right now. In 2023, we felt called to dedicate this as a year with Jesus. 52 weeks to know him more, to be more like him, and to be with him. And over this six-week window, we call it Lent, uh, we have been leaning into Jesus' own words about himself. Who is Jesus according to Jesus? And what we have seen is that Jesus really did want people to understand who he was. And so one of the things that he did is he used common uh, metaphors, common concepts and objects in the world around him to say, I am we began by seeing that he held a loaf of bread and he said, I am the bread of life. If you are hungry, if you are hungry, come to me and you will never be hungry again. 
He looked around, he might have grabbed a candle or a lantern or something and held it and said, I am the light of the world. If you carry this light, you will never walk in darkness. What a promise. And then last weekend, Pastor Jason talked about the metaphor that, that's found in John chapter 10, where Jesus says, I am the gate, I am the door to the sheepfold. If you come through the gate, you are led into the abundant life that is offered in Jesus. And this week, we get to pick up John 10, where he shifts the metaphor just slightly, and now he says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And those are just such sweet words. I hope that they even begin to rest on us right now. Hear Jesus say over your life, I am your good shepherd. And for some of us, that's an easy uh, picture, an easy metaphor to grab onto. You're the kids who, you know, did 4-H growing up. You grew up on the farm. Yes, you did. We did not. So we don't know anything about this, all right? But the, the metaphor would have been really easy for people in Jesus' day because shepherds were a very common sight. In fact, they still are in this land. Ryan and I have had, both had the privilege of going to Israel a couple of times, and there will be times when you're riding in the tour bus window, and you'll look out the window, and you will see a shepherd, with his, often with a, a mixed herd of sheep and goats, as it talks about in the Bible. And so we brought a picture just to give you kind of a sense of what it actually looks like in, in the land that Jesus was in to be a shepherd. What do you notice? It's not, uh, you know, a lush land, right? We can't picture the Midwest, uh, you know, lush pastures here. Israel is, is generally a pretty dry land, which requires the, the shepherd to lead his sheep to water, lead his sheep to find pasture. And there's a lot of threats. Um, in those hills and in those dry places hide, hide jackals and wolves and foxes that want to come and try to take the life of the sheep. And so the sheep uses his staff to protect him, to protect the sheep. All of these metaphors would have been really present and understandable for Jesus' original audience when he said over them, I am the good shepherd. Yeah, it would have been a very familiar kind of experience for people living in the first century in that part of the world because of everything going on around them geographically, but also because of what they knew about the scriptures. The Old Testament scriptures, there, there was um, and just a ton of language and imagery mm -hmm. on shepherding, um, and including leaders who were selected um, who were shepherds, who were serving as shepherds, and God said, I want you to lead my people, people like Amos the prophet, mm -hmm. Abraham was, was a shepherd, Moses, mm -hmm. King David. It's almost like God was saying, I want people who know how to shepherd sheep to shepherd my people. Even God is referred to, described as a shepherd. King David wrote Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. And so when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, all of that geographic context, all of that biblical context would have just come rushing to their heads and their hearts. They've gone, I know what that is. I know what that means. Yeah. And so I'm gonna read this passage from John 10, starting at verse 11. Some of you have your Bibles open and you can follow along. Uh, the words will be on the screen, but you can also just close your eyes and hear the words too. It's a longer passage, so just stick with me. The words of Jesus, John 10, 11 through 16. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run away if he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. 
just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. Jesus' words. The most important fact, and Jen shared some important facts about shepherds and sheep, even though we didn't grow up on the farm. You did a nice job of that. <laughs> but the most important fact about sheep is this. They need a shepherd. Mm -hmm. They absolutely need a shepherd. They won't survive. The, the rough terrain, the threats. They need a shepherd to help them find food and water. To, to just sum it all up, sheep need a shepherd to help them get where they need to go. Sheep need a shepherd. And so do we. Mm -hmm. Maybe even more than we realize. Mm -hmm. We need a shepherd to make it through the tough terrain and the, <laughs> the threats that we may face in life. To find water, food, sustenance for our souls. To make it where we need to be, where we need to go. In fact, I would say one of the biggest issues in our world today is that people are trying to live their lives without the right shepherd. Mm -hmm. If you're not being shepherded by the good shepherd, you're being shepherded by something or someone. Mm -hmm. And there are lots of voices out there that want to shepherd us. Yeah. But there's only one good shepherd. And so we want to spend the rest of this message talking about how Jesus, as the good shepherd, shepherds us. Mm -hmm. How do you know it's the good shepherd? These are some of the qualities, four actually, mm -hmm. we're going to talk about, mm -hmm. of the good shepherd, according to Jesus. Yeah. The first one that I think we have to begin with because it's so foundational, and Jesus says it over and over again in this passage in John chapter 10, is he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. I know my sheep. And my sheep know me. They know my voice, he says. The good shepherd knows his sheep. Jesus knows his sheep. I brought a picture of sheep, just three of them. I'd love for you to look at this and just wonder if you can really tell the difference between them, you know? I mean, they've got maybe some freckles are different, but they look the same to me, right? If I was in charge, they would look all the same to me. They're fluffy, they're white, they have black noses, black eyes, black, I don't know, they all look the same to me. But to the shepherd, they look distinct. The shepherd can tell them apart. It says he knows them by name. Jesus is saying, when I look out over my flock of sheep, I don't see them as a sea of sameness. I see them very distinctly. The shepherd knows every hair on our heads, every freckle on our faces. He also knows who we are. He knows the personality of each sheep, right? He knows them intimately. He knows which ones are, are prone to being a little skittish and afraid. He knows which ones are prone to wandering. He knows which ones are sweet. He knows which ones are suffering, are weakened right now, and, and they need to be carried on his back for a while. Hear that. He knows that about you. Jesus says, I know my sheep. But he doesn't just say that he knows the sheep. He says, and my sheep know me. My sheep know me. They know my voice, he says. It, it, in this passage, it talks about how when, when shepherds are gathered with various shepherds and various sheep, uh, maybe they all slept the same place that night. When they wake up in the morning and the shepherd calls his sheep, those sheep come running because they know his voice and they will not follow the voice of another shepherd. They will only follow the voice of the good shepherd. And as I have sat with this metaphor this week, it's just caused me to, to just ask myself, to ask my own heart, how am I doing at knowing the voice of the good shepherd? How am I knowing, how am I doing it? Knowing the voice of Jesus, can I distinguish his voice from other voices? I want to, I want to. 
But it does take practice. And some of us, some of us have had a lot of practice with this and others of us have not. I think about, um, we, we got a puppy, we've told you that. You know we have a puppy, right? You're like, we know. His name is Griffy. Okay, he's darling. He's a miniature Bernadoodle. And if you've gotten a puppy anytime recently, you know this, that when you get a dog, the first thing you have to work on is you gotta work on them recognizing and obeying your voice. And it takes a whole pocket full of treats and a ton of repetition. But the goal is that when you go somewhere and you take your dog off the leash, maybe to the dog park, which we love doing, and your dog runs among all these other dogs and all these other owners, when it's time to go and we say, Griffy, come. He comes running. And it is just the cutest thing. He comes running with his fist. His legs are going so fast to get to us, maybe because he adores us or maybe just because he wants treats. But <laughs> regardless, <laughs> you know, when, when, I, when I picture that, I think that's how I want to be with Jesus. That's how I want to be with Jesus. When Jesus says, come, I want to come running. When Jesus says, pray, I want to stop what I'm doing and I want to pray. When Jesus says, that person needs attention, I wanna stop and I wanna pay attention. I want to hear the voice of Jesus. I know that, that all of us do. We wouldn't be in church today if that wasn't a desire in our hearts. But it does take practice. And just, it takes practice. This is something we're cultivating in our own lives right now to carve out space. We really do have to carve out space in our private lives in order to sit in the quiet place, to sit in the secret place, door closed, no distractions. Jesus, what do you wanna say to me? We've got to carve out that time. It's, it's what we want for each other in our times of worship on Sunday mornings. You come to church because you want to encounter God. You come to church because you want to hear from Jesus. And that's why at the end of our, our services during this Lent season, particularly, we have just been trying to set aside time to let you be with Jesus. Let you be with the Good Shepherd. In a couple of weeks, Palm Sunday, I don't think we've even talked about this yet. Palm Sunday, we've set it aside as a day of worship and prayer, nine to nine. So in our, in our morning services, we'll be together, but then the Lakeville campus is gonna be open all evening, all afternoon and evening for you to come. You can come for half an hour. You can come for five hours. But the whole goal is that you would come and just spend time in the presence of God so that we can listen for the voice of the Good Shepherd. Jesus knows each one of us by name, and he wants us to know his voice so that we can hear it and obey it. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I also learned why Griffey doesn't come to me. I need more treats. I thought it was him. Just, yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the good shepherd, the good shepherd um, also protects. Yeah. Unlike a hired hand, as we heard from Jesus, who runs away at the first sight of danger, the good shepherd, he stands in the way. He stands in between the danger and the sheep. We know from Psalm 23, again, King David says that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Sheep are comforted by the rod and the staff. These were the tools of the shepherd. Had two very di different, distinct purposes. The rod was a small, shorter club instrument that was used to, to ward off threats, to defend the sheep. And... The staff was like that shepherd's crook that, that was used to pull the sheep back mm. into the flock, into the fold, mm. away from danger. The rod and the staff, they comfort the sheep. Jesus, as the good shepherd, wants to protect you too. Mm. Wants to know that, that there's a good shepherd who's ready to protect you with a rod and a staff. Because mm. we need to be protected. We need to be protected from threats, from wandering off from ourselves even at times, uh, wandering off 
We wander off sometimes, don't we? I, I was thinking about this. I uh, took our youngest, our nine-year-old, to the zoo a couple of weeks ago and um, hadn't been in the zoo in a long time. It was good to be there. A lot of things don't change at the zoo. <laughs> Talk about animals. A lot of the same animals are still there. Another thing I realized is, or I, I, I kind of was just made aware of is I'm the old dad now. <laughs> when did I become the old dad? You know, all these younger parents walking around with their young ones, which also I noticed because those are the ones who are just standing there with that long blank stare in their eyes, oh. drinking coffee like it's the only thing keeping them standing yeah. up, you know, like yep. so tired. Remember those oh, days? Oh, yeah, the zoo days. Yeah, yep. with the young ones and uh, because you have to keep an eye on them all the uh, time. Yeah. They're just going to run off if you don't keep an eye on them, mm -hmm. uh, the, the little ones, you know, uh, run into an animal pen if, you're, if you don't keep an mm -hmm. eye on them. And it's exhausting. But Jesus is he's a good shepherd. He keeps his eye mm -hmm. on his sheep. Yeah. Keeps them from running off. Mm -hmm. Running into danger. Running into the pen of wolves. Mm -hmm. Jesus is your good shepherd. You know, to some parents at the zoo, they're like, finally they just got tired of telling their kids to stop running away and they just put their body in, mm -hmm. in, in front of the kid, just like wherever the kid was going. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jesus is a good shepherd. He has his eye on you. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have to drink coffee to stay awake. He never slumbers or sleep, sleeps, scripture tells us. He's got his eye on you. And he's trying to keep you from wandering off because he loves you. He also wants to protect you from, from, from threats, the wolves. And, and there are wolves in all shapes and sizes that are coming at us all the time. Yeah. Lots of uh, voices that are trying to shepherd us, ideologies mm -hmm. in the world. You know, like secularism and materialism and relativism and ethnocentrism. Anything with an ism probably mm -hmm. <laughs> is a wolf. Yeah, that's right. That God wants to protect you from, mm -hmm. just about. Or then we talked about, you know, a few weeks ago, how sometimes there are these artificial forms of Christianity. Jesus would even refer to them as a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm -hmm. We talked about McPoo, remember that? Materialism, consumerism. <laughs> There's some more isms. Political Christianity, oppositional Christianity. The Good Shepherd wants to protect you from all that. Mm -hmm. He wants to protect us spiritually too, that there are threats coming at us all the time. I was made aware of that again over these last few days, that there are spiritual threats. And, and the Good Shepherd wants to protect you, put his body mm -hmm. between you and that threat. Mm -hmm. A lot of times the threats are in our own head. Thoughts of, of discouragement or disqualification, mm -hmm. fear. He wants to use his rod to protect you. His rod and his staff, the staff to pull you back in from when you're wandering, the rod to protect you against those threats. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he's got to protect us from ourselves and make us, Psalm 23 says that he makes us lie down in green pastures. You ever thought about that? He's making his sheep lie down, like lie down, mm -hmm. slow down, settle down. Stop running around like a chicken or a sheep with your head cut off. Like, calm. I'm going to put you here for a while. So you can remember who you really are, where your true identity comes from. Remember how much you are loved by the shepherd. Sometimes we th our lives aren't going like we think they should. It, it may be a result of the brokenness and, or bad decisions we made in our lives. Or it might be God just saying, slow down. I'm making you lie down here for a while so you can get what you need. He wants to protect you. Yeah. 
I believe even now he is trying to protect you, some of you from something that's coming at you spiritually or otherwise and saying, I'm gonna destroy that, that wolf that's mm. coming Maybe after so. you. Yeah. Maybe so. Yeah. Hmm. It's good, it's important. The other thing that Jesus says a number of times in this passage um, is that the, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He says it over and over again in John chapter 10. Uh, in, in fact, in the verse right after what Ryan read out loud in verse 17, Jesus says, the father loves me because I sacrificed my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. And I, I think about his original listeners when they would have heard him saying, I'm the good shepherd who lays down my life for the sheep. And how that original audience would have had no idea what Jesus meant by that. What it would mean for Jesus. It was a powerful thing to say, but it's what Jesus actually did. He laid down his life voluntarily, willingly for the sheep. Like a, like a sheep led to the slaughter, Isaiah prophesied, and Jesus did it. Like a sheep led to the slaughter, voluntarily, willingly, Jesus gives up his life for the sheep. In a crazy twist of the metaphor, what happens is that the, the shepherd becomes one of the sheep, becomes a lamb whose life is sacrificed for the sins of the world. This is the gospel. This is the center of the gospel, right? It's the center of the Christian story. But if you've been coming to church for a while and if you've been a Christian for a while, it's a story that we can just get numb to. Do you understand what I mean by that? I can get numb to it. And so we had a gift the other day. Ryan and I had this, this gift we are getting to be part of, and it's neat to tell you about this church. There is a phone call that's happening, a Zoom call, actually. You know, we all learned how to do Zoom over the last few years. So at four o'clock on Monday afternoons during Lent, a group of, of lead pastors are meeting from all over the Twin Cities metro, from diverse backgrounds and, and denominations. And we've just gathered, we've been convened with the singular goal of just knowing each other. Just knowing each other caring about each other, caring about each other's ministries and praying for one another. It's for this spirit of unity. It's been really beautiful. And at the end of that time, we get broken out into our Zoom rooms. Remember these? Okay, so we get broken into our Zoom rooms and there's probably 25 of us on this call, but two weeks in a row, Ryan and I have randomly been put in the same room with one other person. <laughs> so like, hi, we're here to gang up on you, you know? See, Alexander. I actually told them to do that. Oh, you tell, that's how we can get some time together. Right, yeah. right, right. Well, this last week, we got put in a Zoom room with this young man named Vic, and he is, a, he is a Christian pastor who grew up in the nation of Burma, in Myanmar. And for the next 10 minutes, we just got to hear his story, and it was such a tender story. He told us about growing up in this Buddhist nation and what that put on him, but then somehow, subversively, because that's the only way it can happen in this nation, somebody told him about Jesus. And he said, I remember when somebody told me about Jesus dying on the cross. I was so moved, he said, by the story of a God who did not require me to sacrifice for him, but of a God who sacrificed himself, himself for me. And he said, I mean, I gave my life to Jesus and, and I gave my life to telling other people about this good God this God who is so good, this shepherd who is so good, he sacrifices his life for the sheep. This is the center of the Christian story, but it's so easy to just get numb to it. 
And so our prayer, you know, even in this moment, in a couple weeks, we have Good Friday together. Remember that? We're, we're on our way to Good Friday. And that's what that whole night is about, is remembering this story, sitting with this story. But even today, just pray that the Lord would continue just to conjure up in our hearts and awaken us anew to the, the beauty, the glory. It's amazing that the Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Mm. Yeah. It's good. The fourth thing that the good shepherd does for his sheep, for you and for me, is that he pursues. Mm -hmm. that, that word, if, I, if someone asked me, what, what are some of the words you want to say about who God is, this would be one of the first words. Mm. He pursues. Yeah. In fact, Jesus says in this passage, verse 16, I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. Those who aren't already in the flock. Now, Jesus would have been very specifically referring to people who were not part of the nation of Israel, who weren't ethnically Jewish. So he was talking about how there are people of other nations, other ethnicities who need to be part of this flock. And really, he was talking about anyone who wasn't part of the flock. I must go after them too. I must pursue them too anyone who's not in the sheepfold. Jesus tells a story in Luke 15 about a shepherd, a good shepherd, who leaves his 99 to go after one, one who's wandered off somewhere. He leaves the 99 to go find the one. This is one of the reasons I love Hosanna's logo. This next time you see it, look at it. There are 99 lines in that circle, Hosanna's logo, to represent the 99 of us who are here, but there's one who isn't figuratively speaking, who we are to pursue like Jesus does. In Matthew 9, Jesus looks out at a crowd of people and with compassion, he says, he says these are like people, sheep without a shepherd. He has compassion on this crowd of people. They're the, for they're like sheep without a shepherd. Has anyone seen the movie Jesus Revolution? Anyone seen that movie? Mm -hmm. The Lonnie Frisbee character who's played by the same guy who plays Jesus in The Chosen, which is fitting, but he says that to Chuck Smith about his people, the hippies, my people in the 70s are like sheep without a shepherd. I think God has the same heart mm -hmm. today as he did in the 70s and certainly back in the first century mm -hmm. as he looks out at people, mm -hmm. the crowds of people, the generations of people and says, oh, they're like sheep without a shepherd. Mm -hmm. They need a shepherd. He pursues the one the ones who have wandered off, the ones who have never wandered in. Maybe that's you. Maybe you wandered in. <laughs> Hear this. There's a God, a good shepherd, who is pursuing you. Mm -hmm. He'll never stop pursuing you. Because he loves you. Mm -hmm. He cares for you. Some of you thinking, I don't know, I am so far gone. I'm like out on the cliff or I'm over the cliff. He's pursuing you there too. In fact, for you, if that's you, I ask God, give me a picture of something. I looked on the internet, I found this, I'd never seen it before, this painting, 19th century British artist, Alfred Seward, of the Good Shepherd, pursuing the one. And in some way, shape, or form, that one is each and every one of us. Do you see it? He's pursuing you. He'll never stop. Mm. He's the Good Shepherd. Mm. Mm. That's a beautiful painting. I'm glad you found that. Um, 
So these are ways, you know, what we have the privilege of doing is just opening up the scripture and saying, what did, what did Jesus say? What did Jesus say about himself, about being a good shepherd? And all of those words, they're important and touch each one of our hearts differently. That's what the word does. That's how Jesus does it. Uh, but one of the things that, that we were chatting about is that Jesus doesn't just leave this metaphor here. You know, he uses it in Luke 15, and he also uses it, he carries, for, he carries it forward after his resurrection. Some of you know this moment where he has this conversation with Peter. So Peter's the fiery disciple who said, I'll never leave your side, Jesus. But then when Jesus was crucified, Peter left and denied him three times. And so then in this moment found in John chapter 21, Jesus speaks with Peter and he is, he is restoring him and he is giving him the call to become the shepherd of the church, to carry the mission forward. And he asked Peter, will you feed my sheep? Will you take care of my sheep? Will you feed my lambs? And in a way, what Jesus is doing is, is passing on his shepherd's heart to the people who will carry his mission forward. And really then, as Jesus followers today who, who have the Lord living, Jesus living inside of us, we all have a call to be shepherds in a way. I think especially of parents, especially of the ones that Ryan was talking about at the zoo. You know, what a <laughs> wonderful metaphor to have rest on us as parents that we have the privilege of shepherding our children's hearts. All of us are leaders in some way and we can think about being a shepherd. And what's also true is that pastors, pastors have a unique call to be shepherds. The word pastor actually means shepherd. And we feel like it is really the greatest privilege of our lives that we get to help shepherd this flock. What a privilege this is for us. And I just wanted the opportunity because I haven't been able to talk to you yet since the news came out that we are taking a sabbatical this summer. And I just wanted to tell you, flock, that it has been so incredible to receive your encouragement, to receive your blessing. I feel like you are just wind in our sails. And many of you have asked, you know, why? What are you looking forward to? What are you hopeful about? And when I say what I am hopeful about is that I can't wait to spend time with Jesus without any timer on it, without any timer on it, that I can just sit before the Lord and receive from him and not only receive from him, but I don't need to be a conduit for just a little while, not a conduit. I get to just be a container for a season. And we really believe that the Lord is setting this side of time, this, this time aside for us as shepherds because he wants to draw us back to the good shepherd, to the voice of the good shepherd. And so we would just ask you to be praying for us over that time. It begins in late April. We're not there yet. But I just wanted to say thank you, Flock, for being so kind to mm. your shepherds about that experience. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's almost like he's as he does in our lives from time to time, saying, I'm gonna make you lie down for a while in mm -hmm. green pastures. Yeah. So you can receive what you need to be where you need to be. Mm -hmm. And that's where he's taken us for a season, but he wants to take you there too. Mm -hmm. He wants to take you there even now. Mm -hmm. He's the good shepherd who, who lays down his life, who yes. pursues, who, who rescues. Mm. He... He sacrifices his life, and he knows you by name. And we believe that he even wants to shepherd you right now mm -hmm. in this moment as we close out our service. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we've done this all the way through Lent at the end of the sermon. We've just left time at the end of the service. And you don't need to worry about time. We'll keep an eye on that for you so that you can just 
spend a little time with Jesus. Spend some time with the Good Shepherd. And sometimes we sing, which is a wonderful thing to do, but this week, we just wanted to invite you to receive. And so I'm gonna invite everybody to, at all of our campuses, to close your eyes. And I'm gonna remind you, if you haven't been reminded in a while, that you have an imagination that the Lord can use to draw you in to his presence so that you can have a sense of being with him. And so Holy Spirit, we pray that you would take over all of our imaginations right now so that we can spend time with you. So I would invite you in this moment just to ask the Good Shepherd, what ground are your feet standing on right now? What does it look like? What land are you standing in right now? Is it lush and green? Is there water and plenty of food? I hope so. Or are your feet on a relatively barren land right now? Is the ground thirsty? What ground are your feet standing on? Then I would encourage you to lift your eyes and look for the shepherd. Where is he? Where is Jesus? Is he far away from you? Or is he right next to you? Let him show you. And now as shepherds, we are just going to leave you for a few moments with the good shepherd. He very likely has something that he wants to say to you. It may be that he wants to show you where he's leading you. It may even be that he wants to give you something. So open up your hands, open up your heart to receive it. Just spend time for a few moments with the Good Shepherd. sense there are people in this flock you're hearing my voice right now I see it even just standing at a crossroads you are the good shepherd there are times when we need to stand at the crossroads a little bit longer than we think we need to but Lord in your time and your way would you give clarity to which path in this decision they are supposed to go down knowing that whichever path they go down, you're not going to abandon them in your grace, but you do want to show them that place that they're supposed to be, that you want to gently, lovingly lead them as the good shepherd. 
There's some that are walking through valleys right now. May they see your rod and your staff and be comforted by it. And there are those who have wandered off or maybe never wandered in. What I see happening is that that staff, that crook going out with your loving arm, trying to pull them in, pull them in, pull them into the life, to the pasture, to the living water, to the hope that knows no end. Pull them in. You're a good shepherd. You are our shepherd, Lord. We thank you. Chris is going to just sing these words over us from Psalm 23. Receive these words for you. Good shepherd. Lord is my shepherd. Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me quiet waters he restores my soul and leads me though I walk through the shadow of death I will not fear for you are with me you are in your stand And all God's people said, amen. 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 Well, isn't it just strangely good to rest in the presence of the Lord? I'm glad we had the time to do that this morning. A couple of things just to point you to. If you want to linger a little bit, you're free to do that. This space is here for you. Prayer ministers are available in all of our campuses that would love to pray over you and what the Lord's doing in your life. 
There's also a conversation guide. You can pull it up in your app that would give you the opportunity to have a conversation about today's message with your family or your community group. And then lastly, I get to tell you that Dr. Gometis Buba will be back in the house next week. So you don't want to miss church next weekend. We look forward to seeing you then. Would you stand at all campuses for a closing blessing? Mm -hmm. Receive this sacred ancient blessing from God's heart to yours. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Have a great week. God bless you.